Game time. Cuzzo. <laughs> now we're just waiting on the straggler. Yeah. What's he doing? Changing the kids' diapers or something? <laughs> it's that uh it's that Android light. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Logitech headset from nineteen ninety two. Grandpa yeah. Brett. Yo, Grandpa Brett, where you at? Probably better off just since we chat. Oh, there he there. is. What's going on, you, you're 30 seconds late. Um, all right, so what's up, guys? So, yeah, so Mike and I, we obviously talked uh, this morning. Maybe, uh, maybe Brett, you want to kick it off with uh, some of the some of the things that happened this week for you, some of the things you were focusing on, and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, living with kids is hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's one thing. Um, uh, I don't know. I've been trying to focus on, you know, being in tune with my states of stress. Um, work has been more stressful than um it's been the past i don't know month some interesting things happening in group conversations so like we we hop on this platform called microsoft teams and um you have kind of the meeting right and some people are on video some people are just on audio but then you have the meeting behind the meeting so you have kind of like a side chat with somebody else while the meeting's going on and then you're having another side chat with somebody else. Then there's a group chat. So it's like you're paying attention to many different layers of communication. And mm-hmm. it just dawned on me. I'm like, wow, this kind of sucks um, not being in the same physical space because there's just no way you'd be able to do that if you were in, um, you know, if you were in a conference room together. So that was that, interesting. Is that mostly just this week or that's been going on? Because I've noticed a lot of people saying that this week has been stressful. Melissa, some friends at her work that I was talking to, seems like stress is more this week than it has been the first two or three weeks. Yeah, I think um, I think people in the beginning um, weren't necessarily falling into particular habits. But I think now I'm seeing more habit forming behaviors. So stuff like the back channeling, the meeting behind the meeting, the meeting after the meeting, the random text, the random email. Um, And I think it's, people are kind of just getting tired of being stuck. And in particular, working for my office, it's just, it's felt kind of like a state of purgatory. And like, it's a lot of, all right, hurry up, do this thing, and then wait, and then you wait, and wait, and wait. And then all of a sudden it's hurry up again, it's like the kind of spurts um, that you're kind of blindsided by things and, and specific requests. And I think this week started to ratchet up. Um, and I think also it's everyone's looking for a break. I, I honestly think like to work five days straight for the past five weeks, um, so it's 25, you know, straight, straight business days. I think everyone's just looking for some break because weekends are not what they used to be it doesn't it doesn't feel restorative um so yeah, it yeah. seems like everything's blending together i know for me particularly with my job um it's kind of like you're on call all the time and so yeah. i've i've gotten used to that but now more than ever everything is just blending together like you're nine to six or nine to five like that is almost like irrelevant now at least for me uh so you just it's easy for like at least in the beginning or when i'm working in an office you know you break it up with the commute to work commute home now it's like all right six o'clock all right let me just handle another email i'm already here so kind of like the it's been definitely a struggle like kind of disconnecting from email Mm -hmm. you also you also have the added response like being a parent brett you also have uh you took on a second job in this time period too. So those five days are like twice as stressful as they were in the past. Yeah. There's just no separation. I mean, I'm in, I'm in our bedroom and then the kids are out, you know, yeah, we're in a two bedroom apartment, you know, it's it's pretty space and like can't really go outside. (laughs) Um, You know, and you hear the fiasco. I mean, yesterday I woke up, um, 
was trying to sleep in a little bit until about, I don't know, 7.30. And uh, I woke up to a, a glass shattering in the kitchen. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to go in there and immediately intercept, you know, two kids almost walking on glass. And, uh, and then like five minutes after I clean that up, I get a text from one of the other directors. It's like, all right, looks like we have, have to hop on a phone call now to uh, kickstart the day. And I'm like, this is just not, this is not cool. So it's bringing kind of the, the home stress to work and the work stress home. And like you said, Steve, like it is absolutely no separation. It's just kind of, I don't know. It, it's a big, um, I don't even know. It's not even like a mindset shift. It's kind of just like a new, a new identity. I, I feel like I've, I've been inhabiting a bit of a new identity and I don't exactly know how to characterize it. It just kind of sucks. Do you, do you feel like you've been struggling with uh, feeling present? Cause I could see, you know, being uh, in the same house where you're working and then your family's in, in the next room. Do you feel like when you're working, you would want to spend some time with the family. Then when you're with the family, like oh, I probably should be doing some work. Like I, I feel like it's probably hard to stay present with, with all that going on. Yes, it is. Uh, it is a kind of minute by minute struggle. I, I would say like there are some times where I, like, I'll feel myself completely like just zoning out, um, you know, with the kids and just, you know, playing Legos with them or, or something. But I think, kids are, are to me like they've been a, a blessing they've helped me stay a bit more present because they they'll call me out if they see me zoning out They're like dad come on come back to this we're playing legos uh so that's been kind of that's been nice whereas work you know you could be on a call for an hour and like you know you, you could be reading like an article and uh you know <laughs> do it you could even just like be plugged into the computer and you know you, you're you're seen as present but you're just you're not even there it's right which you absolutely couldn't get away with in person now with that uh, said there's obviously uh downsides and upsides to both so even though we have these downsides how do you weigh them against the downsides of going back to work going back to however long your commute is going back to being stuck in the office all day how do you think about that both of you steve you first yeah, I mean, for me personally, uh, I've, I've, I don't necessarily like the solitude altogether, but like the, the reduce of noise, like just being kind of by myself in my own thoughts has brought a lot of clarity. So I feel like once the world opens up again and starts operating, I think a lot of those distractions start to filter in again, uh, even just like the social pressures of happy hours um, having to stay in the office late and, you know, kind of, I've been in a really dialed in routine. Um, obviously I, I don't, I don't have any kids, so it's just focusing on me. And that's been, like I mentioned on the last time we talked, it's almost been in a form of a meditation for me. Um, so it's, I've actually felt less stress more than ever right now. Um, so I'm, trying to figure out and put things in place to make sure I kind of safeguard that mindset once the real world starts to come into play again. Yeah. I mean, Mike, you putting it, you know, downsides, upsides, there's tremendous upside to this. I mean, I, I don't want to go back to, to the way things were. I, I really, even, even, you know, with this weird situation, cause it isn't a true, work from home situation for me, you know, it was, if I had childcare, if the kids were in school, um, yeah. I, and, and if I could like actually create a space in my home environment to do work or even just go into a coffee shop five blocks away, I mean, I would be, I'd be, I think a lot more productive if, if I could just have even some of those, um, some of those days just to get out of the house, work in a coffee shop. I do not like the office environment. Um, it's just, it's too limiting for me. And I, and I'm really excited to kind of think about the prospect of, of even going into like a hybrid model 
you know, as we return to normal, uh, I'm wondering kind of like what the, what that's going to look like, you know, potentially it's like staggered shifts or only going to the office three days a week, working from home twice. I mean, who knows, but um, I think this puts everyone in a, in a position to r really share like what their experience was like during this time. And like, I, I think I'm, yeah, yeah, you could. Going. Sorry to cut you off, but you could kind no, of cool. blow blow up the current model and have somewhere best of both worlds, and find yep. somewhere. If you went to work three days a week and then you had four days off, but you worked from home two of those days, that would be a pretty mm -hmm. good model. Hundred percent. I mean, that's what I wanted. Honestly, I I wanted just like a, you know, go to work, whatever Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, work at home Monday, Friday. I I think it's just it's much more balanced and it also allows for you to just that whole commute, right? Like the commute is great, like that separation, but for me now it's over an hour each way and it's just, it's too much, you know, too much. Like it's just not a controlled environment and being in your home is a little more controlled. And like, that's for me, I'm putting kind of that, you know, in my top three values, having some, some locus of control as to how I spend my time and where I spend it. Yeah. Me and Mike were talking about uh, willpower and how, like, if you start the day with a hundred percent, like mm -hmm. the commute there and back, like that's, that's taking maybe a 10th each time. Like, and if you think about all the, the other things that come with going to the office, like the time you get home, you feel, you feel kind of drained and you don't really feel like, maybe working on your side hustles or, you know, doing a meditation or reading, like you kind of just want to like sit on the couch and just like relax and watch Netflix, which is obviously not like a productive thing where I feel working from home, you're taking away a lot of those variables. So like you're, you're, just, you're reserving so much more energy that could be put into positive things. And also to your point, Mike, uh, with the, or and Brett's point with the hybrid model, like for my job in particular, there's a lot of people that were pushing for uh, some form of work from home policy. And I feel like this almost could open the conversation of like, listen, productivity hasn't dropped a single bit. I think we should put in something where there's an option to do like a three and two or whatever. Yeah. And in the three days, I mean, you could get everything you need done together. Like Brett's saying, you know, there's downsides because, you got different conversations going on. You don't have like the everyone kind of at the computer at the same time. But if you go in three days a week, you put all your meetings on those three days, anything you got to do that's like paperwork or whatever. I mean, it seems like it would be the best case scenario because then the two days at home, you're still working, but maybe not at a hundred percent. And then the two days off, you can actually take them off and do what you need to do. Mm hmm. Yeah. And you don't I feel mean, like I, you have to rush the weekend so much. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. Like try to get everything in, yeah. You kind of like ease into the weekend and then you enjoy the two days as a full weekend rather than like doing laundry, doing all that stuff. Now you have two extra days to do laundry, to cook, to meal prep, to do whatever you need to do. And then those two days on the weekend are truly off. Yeah. And I think the the time in the office, I mean – I also think about, you know, people who are who are more naturally extroverted or introverted, how that could really, um, you know, for, for a lot of people being being around others does bring them energy, but for others, it doesn't. So I, I wonder kind of you reduce the load, um, especially on the introverts. Right. I think that they could be much more productive, you know, on those two days at home and not as impacted and, and also the commute, right? I mean, if you're commuting on the subway, you're commuting, it's just like you're around people for 10 plus hours a day between the commute and the office. And you just have, I don't know. And, and, and me, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly tipped toward extroversion, but you know, I, I certainly need time to restore. And like, that's, I, unfortunately we don't i mean I, maybe we we do but I, I don't know if there are any studies on this on like a long-term study of like what hybrid hybrid work models do you know for different different types of people and how they're um you know what brings them energy not only that you're getting like a better evaluation on your employees because you're giving them more freedom and you could be like hey look you're not keeping up anymore 
you know, we got, we got to talk about that. And on the opposite side, it's not like the office can't be open five days a week. So if you're an extroverted person, go to the mm-hmm. office five days a week. We don't really care, but it's like, it gives people the option and it kind of, it gives you more input into your own lifestyle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking it's, it's going to be, I, I just think now we have uh, a tipping point, right? I mean, like, let's say that we, we were only in this um, shelter in place situation for like two weeks, it would be kind of a blip. But now since we're, you know, five weeks and it looks like we're going to go on at least for, for eight to 10, um, if not more, but I think we now have a tipping point of every single human experiencing this and essentially employees, you know, having most of the power to demand what they want. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really like today, this Saturday, I actually feel like it's a Saturday and I haven't felt like that in a while. So I don't know. I'm just trying to be more aware of my rhythms. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't even know it was Saturday. So <laughs> thanks. I actually had to think about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it is Saturday. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me. <laughs> the the other thing I'll add is that um, I've noticed with Maureen and her kids, the kids are like learning a lot more from their parents during this time period. So I wanted to know if you like they're learning, like tying their shoes, riding their bikes, like they're doing all these things that we did when we were younger, but with both parents working now, those kind of get like pushed to the side and saved for the summer. So it's been Mm -hmm. interesting to see that now that they're working, they're still, I feel like they're having, I don't know if the kids are learning more or they have more time to teach them. And this is not to say anything bad against Maureen. It's just, it's just like a fact, like Sean's potty trained over this time. Scarlett's learned to tie her shoes, ride a bike. She's drawing, writing, how do you, how do you look at that? Or I know me and Steve have talked that personally we're growing and falling into things that we wanted to do for the last two years. We're just doing them naturally now. How do you uh, think about that? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're thinking, you know, quite, quite a bit about it. So, I mean, homeschooling, you know, we can't exactly call this situation homeschooling. Um, in that we're still kind of tethered to, to the school, you know, that, that both kids go to and that they're, they're asking for particular things. Whereas homeschooling, you know, kind of blank slate, you can kind of design your own curriculum and, and figure out times. Even if you want to do school, say three days a week, you know, homeschooling allows for that. You don't have to do the five day model. But what I'm finding is um, just being able to set a schedule that matches, you know, what the kids need. Um, whether they, they have a sensory need, so like do some movement in the morning. Um, you know, wh- when are they most creative? When are they most looking to kind of, you know, just play naturally without any direction? We've been able to kind of like look at that and, and set a schedule around that. doesn't go perfectly, but we've been, I think, able to build in a lot more of the, the mindfulness practice uh, that we wanted to give them, which is like help them self-regulate more um also like food that's a big one i mean at school it's pretty controlled like when you eat so we've been allowed you know allowing them to kind of of dictate you know when they want to eat what they want to eat and that's been really helpful too because just the the food and learning dynamic uh we've always had a hunch you know that that's that's been important so having a little more control over their food has been pretty awesome um and then just curriculum it's just it's more self-directed you know the we've essentially gone pretty rogue we're, we're not really following along to what the school is saying and we're even considering just kind of calling it now and saying we're going to homeschool in september because they're going to a private school so it doesn't make sense for us to pay money for remote instruction when like we're doing it better anyway so it's definitely making us think um a little more broadly about not just like this moment in time but what are we going to do for the next year um because the kids seem to really be a lot more calm and kind and just overall uh more naturally curious 
than, than they were in the school environment. And that's not a knock on the school. I think it's just me thinking back to my school days. I didn't really love it, you know, and, and I really would have appreciated some like time and space just to kind of do whatever the heck I wanted, even if that was to play video games, you know, eight hours a day. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's really important for for kids to kind of like fall into their own rhythms. And school doesn't really allow for that. So that's, that's really disrupting in a very positive way, I think, for us, like, what we ultimately want for them. So that's, you know, the, the problem is, is being in the city, it's just not being able to go outside, you know, like playgrounds are closed. We don't have a yard, you know, so it's been, it's been tricky just on the getting outside front. But once that opens up, like, you know, it's, I'm really excited to kind of take them places and go for walks and go exploring, camping, stuff like that. And how does the homeschooling look like in September if, you know, by then everything's resumed normal, like with you both working mm -hmm. in an office environment? Um, yeah, I mean, I think if things resume uh, as normal, we will likely um, be thinking differently. I mean, it's more so if like they aren't making a clear call on, on schools retor returning in September because there's already talk at, at yeah, least in the city you. but yeah. um, no I think it's we're also thinking maybe it's not a forever thing but because they're both still young and, and these are the most critical years for them being you know three and six even just one year of homeschooling I think could set a, a really solid foundation and also you know all the all the research we've we've done on just kind of ultimately how this like age band is, it really does give you um, a jumping off point for, you know, the next decade of their life, just how, how secure they feel in themselves. Cause like that's uh, being confident and, and, and being able to kind of, you know, trust your instincts and trust who you are those are things that like you can't really get out of school and you can't n naturally assess. Um, and then the socialization, you know, we'd have to fold that in as well. But I think that, I don't know, I, I honestly think by September, there's going to be more people homeschooling than, than ever before, because people are going to start thinking about differentiated learning and just, you know, everything I said, just the whole psychology of it and how, you know, parents and children, the past, I don't know, generation, honestly, have been have been separated because both parents are working. Yeah, I, th I think this whole thing is just highlighting how run down everybody and because everyone's run down, it's making everything not work. Like yeah. your kids are at school, their teachers have kids at home and those teachers are run down. They can't give like your kids the best teaching, curriculum, attention, all the things they need. You're run down. So when you get home, there's a problem there. Like everyone's just run down. So everything we're doing, it's like me and Steve talked this morning. It's like, oh, he's having problems sleeping. He's been focusing on sleep for a year, trying to optimize his sleep, have more energy. And you take this month period to just kind of slow down. And it's, wow, he has more energy. The sleeping's been better. Everything auto-corrected. So it kind of comes back to like, how many things are broken right now just because the system itself is just stupid rather than we actually have a problem? Yeah. No, I mean, how do you, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm curious, like both of your worldviews on this. So like systemically, you know, wh what have, what have you noticed where, where this is kind of, this is a bit of like a matrix moment <laughs> where you kind of wake up to like where the system is, kind of all around you and where it has broken and where it has broken us as humans. Um, I've, I've seen now like, you know, the financial crisis of 2008, like in my adulthood, you know, kind of just entering adulthood, but, you know, seeing this now, I mean, this is like tenfold what that was. And yeah, I'm just kind of wondering like, what, what's your worldview on this? Like, kind of like a before and after i mean right now i guess we're kind of in the during but 
I, I have a sense that you're both optimistic that this is going to be a better future, but I don't know what, what's been kind of your, some of your moments of like, um, I don't know, revelation or epiphany. Steve, you can go first. Um, I mean, the first thing that came to mind is, is the education piece. Uh, yeah, I, I really feel like just how education is is being taught is just flawed in many ways. Like to think about obviously K through 12, but even like if you're going into college, like the whole structure of, oh, get your general education for the first two years and then you can go into something that you want to learn. Like I feel like, and I think that happens throughout K through 12 as well, that period where you're just learning things that, really prove not to be applicable in the real world. Like even it's like, you don't learn how to do your taxes. Like you don't learn specific skills that I think are necessary. And a company that comes to mind is, is mind Valley. And they're kind of trying to restructure the, the global education system and just start to focus on things that are actually important and that you can apply to your real world, like learning algebra or learning anthropology, like, they make sense if you're going down that path, but I think the way it's structured to be such just general education is, is not a good path. And I think to your point, Brett, about homeschooling, you understand your kids better than anybody else. So you can start to see what they're, you know, getting early wins at, what they're not doing well with, and then you can kind of structure a program around that. And it's like kind of a, uh, that quote where you're like, if you test the fish on its ability to climb a tree, it's going to be stupid its whole life. And I think that's really true in the, in the education system. Like some people do not learn by studying and taking multiple choice tests and then hoping to memorize that for the rest of their life. Like some people don't learn well there. Um, so I feel like this, I don't know if this really answers the question, but this is just something that came to mind. Uh, I think education system is definitely flawed and hopefully the time spent where parents are kind of with their kids more and forced into almost like a slight homeschool program. Maybe this starts the conversation of improving the education system as a whole. Um, what about you, Mike? Yeah, I think, I mean, um, I think this has been going on. So the way they talk about the virus and this recent shutdown is kind of the pin that pricked the bubble. So we've had the bubble brewing since 2008 from an economy perspective, but I think even from like a mental or a action perspective, we've kind of had a bubble brewing and you can kind of see that we've, we've definitely changed from, you know, let's say 2006, like Chipotle, Panera, these kind of fast casuals were the rage. And now you've seen recently, like it's gone from like Bud Light, to craft breweries it's gone from the chipotle paneras to like local restaurants we've kind of been we've kind of been trending towards a more local and disjointed economy rather than big box and global and i think this is just going to accelerate that i think you know the globalization that's been brewing for a while now i think a lot of that's going to come back i think it's going to be more america first rather than like global country stuff and I think just the way people are going to start acting, I think family's going to kind of grow again, like be at the forefront um, where maybe over the last 10 years, that hasn't been the case. I feel like families have kind of gone the opposite direction. Maybe it's more family first, your local community, and then everything else after. But uh, I think this has been happening for a long time, and then this is just going to accelerate. Yeah, I think there's a, been a big emphasis on hustle culture uh, for at least a decade. And I think this this time period in isolation is going to make people realize, like, that's not really the long-term answer. And I think people are going to start stripping back and focusing on, like, what's, like, what's my values? What's, like, what makes me excited to wake up in the morning? 
uh, and like kind of more focus on that as opposed to like, how do I make a billion dollar business uh, over the next 10 years? Yeah. You can even see it. There's some examples already. Like you go ESPN was the biggest thing ever growing up. Everyone tuned into sports center every morning. No one does that anymore. And now you got barstool making five minute pizza reviews or a short blog or a short video. Like that's the big thing. It's a smaller local thing, but it speaks more to us individually and we can kind of have our own take rather than like the big ESPN telling us a general worldview. And you're seeing that with education. You're seeing that with everything. Yeah. I mean, what you were saying before about um, the last week about media, right. And just kind of like media is going to, um make some interesting shifts and you know i there's been a lot of conversation right about like disney and how disney's taken over basically everything i forget what the stat was but it seems like 60 percent plus of of movies in theaters at any one time are are produced you know under the disney umbrella and how there's some pushback against that um i mean I'm thinking about entertainment and I'm thinking about podcasts. I'm thinking about music and just how, um, you know, just thinking about <laughs> growing up like um, TRL and like the, the music video generation. And like, you know, there were just essentially 10 songs that you just heard repeated over and over and over again on the radio. And I feel like, uh, Mike, as you were saying about kind of like the globalization piece, I feel like that was just kind of like a, a natural progression. We had to go there to then kind of like see it and kind of turn our backs on it. And I feel like we're turning our backs on a few things and I'm still trying to wrap my head around what we're turning towards because I feel like I know what I, re- I kind of know what I reject, but I don't yet know what I'm completely embracing. And I guess the past decade is I have been em- embracing podcasts more and more just free thinkers and, and being exposed to new ideas. Um, but in terms of entertainment, you know, I'm still, I'm still watching things like game of Thrones, right. And breaking bad of like the past decade, you know, things that like people were watching all together. And there is some like communal excitement, you know, about, you know, being part of, you know, this, what they're calling the golden era of TV. Um, but I do feel like we're, we're all going to start to get, a little more curated in our content and curated in just our lives and our lifestyles. And that's, that's something that I feel like has been kind of floated, but now it, it's starting to kind of like stir inside me that like, Oh, this could actually happen uh, for me personally. Like I feel like it's accessible. Whereas before I kind of never felt like it was as accessible as it is now. Yeah. I feel, I feel it's a little like uh there's Dunbar's number, which is 150, and the maximum amount of relationships anyone can have is 150. Mm-hmm. And the way they like back out that number is based on the size of the prefrontal cortex of the brain. So, like a certain animal can only have three to ten relationships, we can have 150. I feel like we got above 150, and now the system's kind of like overcreate over uh correcting and bringing us back to like listen you only got 150 don't do this again hmm. i like that's that an interesting point that's really helpful to like to think about i i think i think everything's going to go back to small because we have the leverage to do it now the reason mm-hmm. you had chipotle and had all these things is because you couldn't physically produce you couldn't even technology wasn't enough. That's why you're stuffed in an office. But now there's kind of like technology has come along a far enough way where you can be at home and you can still have the office experience. You still can have the productivity. I feel like everything's going back to the way it should be because we now have the technology to make it possible. Whereas for the last 20, 30 years, we realized the things that we needed and the problems we had to solve and the solutions weren't the best solutions just because we didn't have the leverage or the technology to make it. So. Mm. I guess for that, how, how do we make that um, kind of like a, a common understanding? Like if, if, if I, if I shared kind of that, 
that idea with 20 people, let's say, you know, either <clears throat> 10 years younger than me or, or, or 10 years older than me. Um, I'm just trying to think of how, how to make that idea stick. So people start demanding what they want. And, and I feel like there's, there are a few venues for that to happen, but I feel like people have not, have not recognized the leverage. Um, well, so, so I'll answer by not answering. Um, the, the thing is, so I wrote an article, quick plug on the blog. I wrote an article about this the <laughs> other day. And um, the ending was that usually leverage equals more work, uh, less work. Mm. So usually the more leverage you have, the less work you have. But it seems that over the last 10 years, we're getting more and more leverage, but we're working more and more. So those two things don't add up. And I think this time period is going to help accelerate it. I don't know if it gets you all the way there, but at least people are starting to notice like, hey, do we really have to do all this BS? Because it's kind of like taken away from what I really want to be doing. Um, but there is there is a misalignment between more leveraged right now with also more work. So the point of my blog was like, why is that happening? Are we working on the wrong things? Are we working on things that are worthwhile? There's this great, uh, also in the blog, quick plug, uh, this speech by Bobby Kennedy in 1968. And he says, um, GDP is growing like crazy, but it, it also measures all the things that we don't want to measure. So it measures cigarette sales. It, it measures the weapons used to kill people. It measures the, the point of the whole speech is that, uh, are we measuring what's worthwhile? Mm. And I think, uh, I think people at home are starting to measure what's worthwhile. They're starting to say, like, do I want to send my kids to school or is it more important for me to educate them myself? And I think that's just going to happen naturally. I don't know if we get all the way there right now, but something will come along that will push it and then it eventually will take over. Like good ideas win out in the end. Yeah. Yeah, and Brad, I, I, to answer it in a, from a slightly different perspective, like you, you asked, you know, how do we get these ideas to stick? And for me, I think it, I think it kind of starts on an individual level. Um, one thing that I think is interesting. So people say, like, think that the opposite of, of courage is, is fear when it's said that actually the opposite of courage is, is conformity. And I think a lot of people just conform to the status quo. And I think that's why a lot of, the general population lives a mediocre life because you conform to what's around you. So like to get ideas to stick, in my opinion, I think it starts with individuals getting more courageous and being able to step out and going to their, if they're in a corporate environment, going to, you know, upper management's, you know, putting some data together saying, Hey, work from home policy is showing blah, blah, blah. This is going to produce productivity in this. I think it starts more at a, at an individual level. And that includes like yourself, Brad, like if you, you know, get some, develop more courage to, and I'm not talking now, I'm just talking in general, but um, like, you know, maybe, and this is me as well, like going into the office and explaining, Hey, this five, six week period of isolation I think really helped with my productivity in these areas. Can we at least start the conversation of implementing this? And I think if more people do that in each company, maybe it starts to change over time. But I don't know if that makes any I mean, sense. I think but... um, I heard an equation, um, I don't know, uh, whatever, in the past two weeks. And, and the equation was information times focus equals personal reality so i feel like everyone's personal reality is different right now um just kind of jumping off your conformity point i think what this has allowed for us to do is all kind of have different types of information that we're consuming different levels of focus and and we're all kind of developing our own our own personal realities and i think that is really helping and i think we're also um we all have a shared um opportunity to kind of like 
look at information differently, have a different focus, have a different vantage point. And I think actually speak about what our personal realities kind of like look like, what they feel like, what they are. And it almost helps me create like a vision for myself of like what I want that reality to be. And then like the two inputs being information and focus. I mean, those are two big umbrellas, but um, the information can look the same, right? Like the news could look the same across, but like whether I choose to focus on it or not, right? I, I could have like a zero multiplier on that, on that information, which is kind of what I'm choosing to do. Like aside from some of the basic stuff, I'm just like choosing not to focus on that, that information. And that's really helping create space for, I think, less stress and less anxiety. Whereas others who like have the news on all day, it's like, it's really toxic. It is just, I, I just can't, it, it, it is, it's such a toxic load. Yeah. And just like to point out, like who's worried about ISIS and terrorism right now? Not right. one person. So like, did that just go away? Is that threat gone? Like, did ISIS take off because Corona's right. here? Our like, they're, they're, they're working from home too. <laughs> like, it just goes to show you that they, they like siphon your brain into one point and then you start worrying yep. about it. 100%. And that, I mean, I've, I've had conversations with, with friends, with family members. Um, and I, and I, and the, and the, frustrating thing is that you can't really have a conversation with someone without talking about what's going on right and you know the whole like annoying you know new normal quote unquote you know that keeps getting floated around and like you know this is particularly hard for me because blah 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 where you know i think it gets really frustrating to kind of hear those sentiments you know over and over again and like facebook with the memes and it seems like the whole world is watching tiger king and i'm like the hell with it i'm not watching that show um <laughs> it it uh i i really do think that the word that comes to mind above all things right now is choice like i feel like a lot of choices were taken away from me but strangely that's liberating and like that's something well, I'm trying to that, reflect on. Yeah, Tim Ferriss has that quote that create creativity comes out of constraints. Yeah, and uh, you kind of have like constraints on, I guess, your time and where you can spend it. So now you can get creative inside that box. Like you're not being taken away to social events. You're not being taken away to the workout at the gym. You're not being taken away to the commute. So your time is constrained, but it's still there. And now you can get creative with it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's, that's, and that's all I've wanted. You know, I, I really, I'm wondering like if that's the question um, that can kind of unlock some of the conversations. Um, you know, thinking back to a year ago, like you asked me, what I wanted and you you asked me that question today and I think you get different answers and, and I'm trying to I'm trying to really make sure that I remember that fact and, and not lose sight of that because this has changed my my perspective and it also has given me a very different sense of time both like time leading up to this point time during it and then like the time after i feel like i don't know I'm, I'm just trying to think about my relationship to time and and what i what i want and how to direct my energy um i don't know what what's like your relationship with time right now do you feel yeah do you feel like you the timeline has expanded so now you have more time that you can maybe uh start reaching for goals that you wouldn't have in the past because it would take long to get to, or has it sped up for you? Like when you say relationship to the time, has it slowed down, sped up? I'm assuming slowed down, but yeah. I mean, I think it's accelerated my, my thinking 
you know, uh, towards answering a little more concretely what I want. So I think that what I want in kind of like, you know, pre-coronavirus was, well, what I want doesn't really matter right now because I got to do, you know, these 16 other things. And I think this is really a clarifying moment for me where I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's accelerated my thinking. Uh, I almost feel like, you know, projecting this out, like say this lasts into summer, like everyone, like, it's almost like the summer is kind of the, the epitome of, of, you know, waiting for the weekend. Um, we're all waiting for summer. I think everyone's hopeful that summer, you know, things get back to normal, but what if they don't? And the seasonality of everything is, is also getting me thinking about um, more broadly, like what season of life is this for me right now? Because I don't know, like, I'm scared. Like, you know, what, what if I only have five more years? What does that mean? I, th I think there's, you know, not, not to be like too trite about it, but it certainly gets you in touch with, with your mortality. Um, so that's accelerated my thinking. You know, it's like, do I really want to be doing the same thing five years from now? Um, I think I'm able to ans answer that question a bit more honestly with myself. Yeah. For, for, for me personally, um, this time period has like, has allowed me to ask the question, what would I do if, you know, failure mm -hmm. like didn't apply. And I feel like in the busyness of like a few months ago, that's more of like a cliche, just like a cliche question. Like, Oh, what could you do if you couldn't fail? Like whatever. But now I feel like it's actually a valid question. And I feel in a better place to actually execute on that than I did a few months ago. Um, so that's been an interesting like takeaway from, from this like five, six weeks. You got any input on time, Mike? Yeah, I just, uh, I'm going to kind of tie up the two questions together. I think that the longer this goes on, the more likely it is to have like a universal adoption, like the leverage thing that we were talking about before, because I think the longer this goes on, the more real it will be for everybody. Um, you said that you, Brett, you said that you hope you don't forget when it's all over and I think that's just like a natural thing that happens. So like, if you look at Kobe Bryant's death <laughs> that I, I literally cried like one time a day for three days after that happened and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, wow, like it had a huge impact on me. But if you look two weeks later, I had almost forgotten that Kobe had died. Like it changed, it changed everything for a three day period, but then life just went straight back to where it was. And I think the same will happen with this, but the longer you can stay in quarantine, the more the new normal is just like a part of people. And then it might last or there might be like real changes on the back end of this thing. Yeah. And that, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the rabbit hole of all this is, the what ifs, you know, there's, there's a lot of what if scenarios here. Um, and right now I feel like we're going to see, I don't know, we're going to see a, a lot of people, I think waking up to, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about like, what if, you know, you, you slept through this whole thing um, and, and you met someone who experienced this and, and you didn't, um, I'm like wondering what shared language as well as like what shared kind of um, shared thinking we're going to have around this. And, and like, how is that going to change our relationships? How is it going to change the way we talk to each other? Um, I think you're right that like it is so easy just to like snap right back to, to where you were, you know, pre-pandemic. -pan, pre um yeah, I guess I'm, I think everyone's searching for some meaning behind behind all this because, I mean, I'm, I've, I've experienced a lot of people who are just, like, angry, and it's kind of troubling how angry they are, and it's really troubling the conspiracy theories they're throwing around. 
um, that like we want this to happen. Like we want to cripple the economy. We want, like, and it's just, it's maddening, but it, it it's true. I think it, it's, it's people focusing their attention on those things. Um, I'm just wondering what divisions are, are going to come about from this. Cause I think some people, you know, we're, we're having kind of the optimistic conversation, but then on the other side, you have this like really crazy kind of pessimistic side to this, that in, in an election year, I'm just like, how is this all going to, like, it's just all going to kind of, I, I have no idea. So I'm like, that's the what if question. Um, I'm just imagining all these scenarios of, where we're where we're going to continue to be divided but like divided in new ways and almost intractable ways especially because so many bubbles have kind of been popped yeah i mean i think i think that gets back to the dunbar thing a little bit though i think i think this will divide us but i think it'll unite us locally but divide us uh what's the non-local word like the global world Mm -hmm. or whatever uh as a country, it might divide us, but as like a local community, as a family, as like, you know, the town of Sable, like, I think it might, I think you're going to see more cohesion there and less at like a uh, macro level. That's interesting. So we're, we're, we're almost kind of, we break things and then reform think, in, in, in like new or organizations. Yeah. I think a lot of people are finding their people right now. Like you're, you're, you're starting to notice like, who's important to you and you're reaching out to those people. Like I'm, you you realize how much you need people and you realize the people that you're reaching out to and the people that you're trying to avoid during this time. And I don't, I think that's happening to everyone. And I don't think that's by coincidence. I think like, it's kind of like a redrawing of the lines a reforming of the teams. And I think uh, the groups that come out of this are going to be a lot different than the groups that went into it. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I definitely feel – yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to find – through this period, you want to find, like, your inner circle and, like, the people that you can trust and, you know, kind of controlling your inputs. I think the important part of is to – I feel like there's a lot of judgment, though, as well. And I feel like once you find your inner circle, you should – and let's say you find your inner circle, but you know, someone like a, an old friend has a different inner circle, like being able to respect the different opinions without judgment, I think is going to be an important piece. Out of yeah. But this as just well. to clarify, I don't think inner circle means that you all think exactly the mm-hmm. same, but I think it's, you're willing to take the opposite point of someone you care about. Whereas now you're saying like an opposite point about someone that you don't care about. It's like not tolerable anymore. Mm. So I don't think it's necessarily like, hey, we're a team because we agree the same things. It's just like, who do I actually care about? Who do I, who have I just been kind of going along with just because it was a routine or, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, the way we we relate to each other. um, Yeah. The Dunbar thing is really sticking out to me. And I, I want to explore more on that, just like personal investigation on that because I've been, I mean, just this past year, I've formed new relationships uh, with friends locally, and it's been centered around faith, and that's been really interesting. Not not a place I thought I would be in, you know, but that's and that's only been less than a year. But um, I've noticed what it has done to kind of rewire my brain and to feel just kind of more secure in, in living into my values and, and being who I am and kind of noticing like pre pandemic and then where we're at now and like the people I've written down on a piece of paper that I want to reach out to and, and have reached out to and, and written to and connected with. And it's been like, yeah, like a huge blessing. Cause I, I think also that the time piece has allowed for that connection and reconnection and, yeah, for, forming kind of the, uh, the the new teams. But yeah, I, I agree, Mike. Like we're not always seeing eye to eye on things, but I feel like we're kind of, we're, we're marching in at least relatively the same direction. And 
it, it's reaching that point where we're, yeah, we're, we're wanting to make shifts together and, and support each other, which is really refreshing. Yeah, it's even it's even this, and you know we've been trying to get together for a coffee for eight months, and we haven't done it. And now, yeah, you know, not that we still, you know, we're not having coffee together, but at least we're having the conversations and whatever else. So it's true. Um, it just highlights the whole thing. Like eight months, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, we got to cancel. Yeah, I got a thing at work, and now it's like, all right, it actually just happened because everyone had more time to make the decision or whatever it is. But uh, we're at. 55 minutes now so kind of a last word to wrap up the whole conversation from everybody last kind of thought what are you taking away maybe steve go first yeah i mean i just think ultimately we're all after the same thing we all want to live a life that reflects our values um and you know brett with with getting involved more into your, your faith life, you're able to be more secure in that. And I think that's been a a focus on for myself as well, just being more secure with what I want and going after what I want, but doing it in a, you know, doing it in a kind way, like not judging anybody else, I think is the important piece. Whereas like the path I'm on may not be the path Mike's going on. But that doesn't mean we can't, you know, be supportive for each other because we're ultimately after the same things. And I think there's a lot of judgment around in, in the culture right now. And when you really break it down and trip back, knowing we all want similar things, I think we can definitely be less judgmental uh, if our paths don't align. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm thinking just about, uh, you know, how, how to kind of, walk in walk in a direction you're not you're not exactly sure where you're going to end up but just just trusting the path and trusting that um they're just like people you can you can talk to and just i mean just this conversation alone right just accelerates my thinking and, and helps connect more dots for me and and helps me feel more like reinvigorated on um things that have been kind of like thinking on and, and reading up on in isolation, but it's, it's amazing just the transfer of knowledge and transfer of kind of uh, ideas and, and thinking and also just the energy, right? I mean, the energy that three people can, can create in, in an hour conversation um, gives me a lot of hope that we can channel that into like, you know, more of those local um, kind of organizations, you know, and, and thinking about, what that's gonna what that's gonna mean so i'm just gonna keep thinking on how to how to create a framework for thinking about this and then just again it goes back to the questions i really want to think about what questions are going to unlock you know better conversations with people yeah i think uh i think my main takeaway it's kind of like we were a hive mind and everyone was going together in this hive mind kind of thing. And we were all going in the same path. And now that hive mind is kind of broke and you got like a thousand different perspectives. And now you're regrouping those perspectives into smaller local hive minds. So it's like, you guys have ideas. Whereas before everyone's kind of thinking the same things because they're going the same direction. Now everyone's thinking different things and we can kind of add each other together to get that local perspective rather than the big one universal perspective moving forward. All right. So now we're at 59 minutes. We got the last, last word, (laughs) something that's either funny that you saw or just a random fact. I'll start it out. My random video is, uh, I don't know if you've seen the governor of Florida put the mask on at the meeting. (laughs) but is the most atrocious thing you've ever seen. He puts it over his head. <laughs> then he's standing there while they're giving a speech and the other straps just hanging from his chin. You got to check it out. It's oh, awesome. Great. Put it in the show notes that we don't have. <laughs> the show notes. Uh, <laughs> Brett, go ahead. You got 20 oh, no. seconds. I, I, I just, I'm thinking about my, uh, yeah, I'm just, I got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome, dude. We'll put that in the show notes, too. <laughs> uh, I, 
I got nothing funny, but something in my journal uh, is to, you know, who's someone you can surprise with a note, gift, or sign of appreciation. I think implementing that more into your daily uh, into your daily routine, that could be something as simple as a text or a phone call, just reconnecting with someone that you haven't talked to in a while. I think that's a, Powerful. a good thing to do. 